Hello, you're listening to The Raphael Letters. My name is Gabriel Dantes, and today I'll be reading a letter from the Archangel Raphael to a guardian angel named Shariel, who is protecting a young woman named Sarah. That's right, I'm not going to pretend like it didn't just happen. I decided to rebrand the podcast to correctly pronounce the Archangel's Hebrew name as Raphael. I apologize for the former error. And I do apologize also for taking so long to post another episode. I've been in in an arduous process of finding and getting a new job, and I'll be moving to Texas now. Yay! Uh, As for the Raphael Raphael letters, I will be publishing them once a month, which should be more manageable for me. And in about 8 to 10 months, I'll be finished with book one. I suspect that I will be publishing two more books of equal length. Now, for today, in Raphael letter number 25, the Archangel is writing about the nature of physical omens and how Christians often misinterpret these omens. I apologize for the length, but I can't control how long Raphael writes. After the letter, we'll read through the meditation questions to help us better internalize the spiritual truths contained within the letter. Anyways, without further ado, let us read Raphael letter number 25, Omens. Most beloved Shariel, it is coming to a point in Sarah's journey, considering what I believe is coming soon, that I believe it is time for you to understand better the nature of omens, how they are made, and how humans can best interpret them. Normally, there are four ways that God communicates to his children. The first and primary way in which the Father speaks to his children is through the silence of their hearts. The Father wants to speak to all his children in this way, And it is through the strength of this inner voice that God's children can fight the violence, shame-provoking whispers of the enemy. It is necessary that Sarah continue to develop an ear for this. A second way for her to hear the Father's voice is through the necessity of her circumstances. If she is working a job and she is having trouble with one of her co-workers, God's will can be revealed in her circumstances. Thus, it is God's will that she love her co-worker, even if it is very difficult to do so. This is not to say that God might not be calling her to change her circumstances and find another job if God's voice is leading her to something different. But while she is in that job, God is calling her to love her co-worker, no matter how difficult that might be. A third way that God speaks to Sarah is through the words of others. If God's Spirit is moving in those men or women, you can always easily tell if God's Spirit is in them if their lips are filled with light when they speak. And Sarah can easily discover this light by noticing 
if the person's words and actions carry with them the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5.22 If the person's words and actions are bringing about these things, then God's Spirit is in them. Now, there is a fourth way that God speaks to his children through the circumstances of the world. And this is through what are called omens. Omens are physical signs left by God to communicate something important to his children. Omens may reveal cosmic events or individual events. For instance, when Christ was conceived, the star Regulus, symbolizing kingship, was circled by the king planet Jupiter. Jupiter, in the royal constellation of Leo the Lion, representing the tribe of Judah. This was a cosmic omen that the three magi observed, and then, by these signs and others, they found their way to the Christ child many months later. The angelic order of powers are thus in charge of these great omens. There are also personal omens, some external and others internal. For instance, when Sarah turned her back from God and God in turn withdrew his presence, that feeling of emptiness was an omen left by the Holy Spirit in her heart. Then, as death was permitted by God, this was an external omen that signified that, quote, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. Death of, death, of course, occurs because if a human turns from God, who is the source of life, Sarah will, in consequence, choose death. You may be asked to leave many other omens for Sarah, or perhaps for the man for whom her soul is destined from eternity. In fact, I expect that you will need to leave such an omen soon, for I perceive that the threads of their lives will soon intersect. Though as you create these omens, I, in accordance with the divine will, warn you to be careful. For humans who observe these omens are in fact often from two main camps, those who believe in omens too much and those who do not believe in them at all. The first group of Christians observe omens and put too much trust in them. Some in this group seek signs in the stars or in the dealing of tarot cards. This is, of course, a grave sin, because they are trying to take the future outside the providence of God. Because of their pride, they are incapable of seeing any signs from a loving God pointing them in the right, right direction. There is a temporary and disordered comfort for these humans in looking for signs. This is comforting because it removes any responsibility for humans to, in fact, choose their fate, which is 
the gift of, that God has given humans. At the same time, in a strange way, these humans try to control God by knowing their future. It is clear that humans who look at the stars in such a way are not trying to listen to God, who always gives his children guidance when they need it, if they will only listen. These astrologists, as they're called, are trying only to control the future. Another group of Christians who believe in omens observe these omens through the lens of their own selfishness. They assume that the whole universe is revolving around them. They see little signs here and there, and they become convinced that God wants them to marry this person, or to quit this job, or to tell this person something uncharitable. These Christians are in need of what humans might call a Copernican revolution. Copernicus was the first scientist to discover through mathematics that the earth, in fact, revolves around the sun. An apt analogy for what needs to happen in those we guard. All humans, because of original sin, are born selfish, believing that the world revolves around them. But it takes a real spiritual revolution for a Christian to realize that the world does not revolve around them. It revolves around Christ. If the three wise men looked at the stars with this selfish lens, they could have easily concluded that those stars were signs that they were called to be king of their lands, or perhaps to marry this person or that person because they were just asking for a sign from heaven about that. You can see how selfish and superficial is such a reading of these stars. Now, there are other Christians who observe the aforementioned Christians who believe in omens, and they see how selfish and myopic their perspective is. Or they see how looking for signs is a way to control their own future, and so they are afraid of all omens, considering them a sin. So they conclude falsely that there is no such thing as omens, that God doesn't speak to his children like this. It is understandable that God's children would do this, and certainly it is better not to believe in omens than to believe in them and be led astray by them. But it is a sad thing that God leaves so many signs to his children through his many angels every day, though most do not have the wisdom or the clarity of mind, to see his working. Joseph, the son of Jacob, for instance, considered in his dreams and in the dreams of others the omens that God wanted to speak through them. Then Joseph's father, Jacob, which means holding of the heel, was born holding the heel of his firstborn twin brother Esau. This was a sign encouraged by Jacob's guardian angel that Jacob would try to usurp 
his brother's inheritance. Treachery and envy would be something Jacob would perpetually struggle with. And Abraham saw three visitors as a visit from God, which is a sign of our triune Godhead. How often do people think to interpret their dreams as symbolic warnings or small circumstantial events such as the holding of a heel to be a sign of something which reveals the nature of the person's soul? Or how often do people recognize the visits of certain people, even their dear friends, as being a visit from God? If the person doesn't notice these things, it is no wonder that the atheist cries out to the universe that there is no God, for in their eyes God cannot be seen to be talking. Little do they know that God is talking in countless ways, sometimes just to let a person know that he loves them and is guiding them. I tell you all this to counsel you to be careful to not create signs for Sarah that are not deeply integrated in what Sarah is hearing in prayer and in what her circumstances demand of her according to her Christian faith. Always look to what Sarah is hearing in prayer, not saying in prayer, and then create the omens accordingly. In this process, always speak with other angels. These omens are like songs. The more angels involved in their making and in their revelation, the more men can participate and bring glory to God. Also, never reveal too much to Sarah about her future. It is true that Sarah is destined to marry a specific man from the beginning of time, as was another, quote, Sarah whom I knew was destined for Tobias from the beginning of creation. Book of Tobit 6, 17. That said, do not, unless given permission, reveal in signs or in words that Sarah is meant to be with a specific person. While I spoke similar words about his dear Sarah to the man Tobias, it is rare that such an exception is made. That is because some may interpret the sign with the whims of their own fleeting desires or see the sign as forced upon them by fate. More than anything, God treasures the free will of his children, and he wills that they choose their paths freely, even if their destiny is foreknown to us. I will write further or visit if I hear of any omens that might be relevant to you and Sarah. In the meantime, know always of my prayers, my dear sister, servant of his healing spirit, Raphael. I hope you enjoy this letter titled Omens. In it we learned about how to see and interpret the signs that God is leaving for us to see every day. 
The point of these letters is to bring some spiritual awareness to what is going on all around us, to help us see more clearly into these letters and their unique themes. I have composed the following meditation questions, which you can find in the show notes. While I encourage you to write down your answers to these questions in a notebook to help you engage in them, I recognize that not everyone has the time or freedom to do that. So if that's the case, then as you listen, I recommend paying particular attention to your answers. Perhaps say them out loud if you're alone, or repeat them to yourself in your mind. The purpose of this is in order to create greater awareness of our guardian angels throughout the day and week, that we might do what St. Paul encouraged us to do. Pray without ceasing. Let us reflect on those questions. What is a spiritual reality that I am now more aware of having read this letter? What is something I wish I could say to my guardian angel right now? Is there something specifically I could thank them for? What is a struggle that I wish my guardian angel could help me with more with? Guardian angel, can you help me more with this, please? Please pray for me on my behalf that God's grace might be poured into me to aid me with this. After looking at this letter, what behaviors might I have to change? Or what sins do I need to repent of? What is God speaking to me through my circumstances? What are the things he wants me to do in my job or in my relationships to live out the Christian virtue of love? These things are usually very hard to admit, but admitting to them is very freeing. What is God speaking to me in my heart? What path or dream or goal is God calling me to pursue? What struggle do I have in fulfilling that dream? Jesus, how do I need to change to fulfill the mission that you have for me? How do I need to die in my selfishness? What omens have God revealed to me lately? Are there any dreams that reveal something of my desires or of my fears or of God's will? Is there anything in nature that showed up in my life in a strange way? What does that thing in nature symbolize? How might this shed light on what God is currently saying to me in my life? Are there any random inclinations of my heart that God is urging me towards? Jesus, please open my eyes to see what you are revealing to me. Help me to see these little messages that you have left for me to find. Help me to see my life as you see it. 
not as I want to see it in my own selfishness. Help me to see these signs that reveal my sinfulness as well as your love for me. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us. Hear our supplication as we cry to you that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their company. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, Ever this day be at my side to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. Amen.